it's time for Making Sausage. We take a look at the messy business of politics. I'm Heidi Holton with Kari Headland. Earlier this week, Minnesota State Auditor Julie Blaha held a press conference to talk about the state of Main Street in 2022, how local government fared and responded to a global pandemic. Julie Blaha is Minnesota's 19th state auditor. In her role, she oversees $40 billion in local spending. She's back with us on KAXE, KBXE, and you have a math background, so do you know about the math wordle? It's nerdle, and I, I do. I play it every single day. It is, it's wonderful. It's basically uh, you need to figure out an equation, uh, and it works very much like wordle. The key is know your order of operations and really work those to your advantage. Oh, boy, those are words I have not heard in a very <laughs> long time. Operations. <laughs> is that? It's actually very simple. It's very simple. It's just add, subtract, multiply, and divide. All whole numbers. It's very. It's a very accessible, fun little game. Okay, uh, Auditor Blaha was a math teacher, Kari. Oh, so okay. I, that's why yes. I figured she would know this. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, hi, Julie. First, will you? We'd love to if you would just give us a quick rundown of what kind of roles you do as a state auditor, just for everyone to have some bearings here around this. Oh, you bet. Now, state auditors do different things at every state, so it's always good to check in. Um, I, like you said at the beginning, I oversee primarily local government spending, though we're also now looking at some federal spending that goes through the state. Uh, and we do it with examinations like audits, investigations. We provide direct support, everything from software to tools to questions and training. And then we also do analysis, and that's really what we're talking about today. We pull our data together show the trends so that people can make decisions based on facts. So let, let's talk about this report. First, how the CARES money was um, doled out and then what you found out and was it was it the right way to deal with it? Right. You know, I think it was, what was fascinating is, frankly, uh, how much I didn't expect the graphs to be as steady as they were. You know, one of the things at the beginning of COVID, is we really braced ourselves in the office to see big shifts in um, in debt or big uh, big losses of reserves, and we actually didn't see that. We saw much more stability than we expected, and so as we dug in, we really focused this year on our state of Main Street, our look at local government spending, to um, uh, you know ask local government leaders and residents, how did you handle COVID? And and what we noticed was that. Uh, local governments, you know, they moved records amounts of resources, this federal influx of cash, record amounts of resources in a record short time with record complexity, all with their cat walking across the keyboard because they had to do it from their basement. And uh, and we saw that working as a system, there were a lot of things that went well, uh, particularly uh, because they didn't just look at the public health response. They didn't just look at stabilizing infrastructure as we started to work differently. They also responded to local economic crisis. And by doing that as a system, that kind of three legs of that stool, each segment worked better. So we saw a lot of local governments not only, again, dealing with the direct costs of COVID, but working to get resources directly into the hands of their residents or in local businesses. And, um, Every listening session that we held, we held five around the state, every listening session, everyone commented on how important it was to have that influx of resources at the right time. So I think we should remember that going forward, that those CARES and ARPA funds have been extremely valuable. So the local governments could use the money how they needed it the most, is that right? 
Well, it, 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 it evolved over, over the course of the pandemic. You know, the first round of, of help, uh, the CARES Act, was very targeted. You had to spend it on very tightly um, defined uh, COVID expenses, and you had to spend it all by the end of the year. Now, that's tough. So what you heard local government asking for, uh, and, and we joined that chorus from our role, was for more flexibility, for a longer timeline, uh, and uh, to make sure that um, it was a little bit more clear. And so when they added the flexibility, local government starts to be able to react to issues around, say, lost revenue as fees or uh, other uh, types of income dried up during, the, during COVID. So they're able to shift things around. So as things got more flexible, I think we saw uh, 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 the money go further. So I think this, what normally we aim our state of Main Street at, uh, you know, state officials, local government officials. But this year, I think we've learned a lot that uh, federal officials can really take to heart, that getting that those funds as local as possible made a lot of sense in the last two years. We're talking with Minnesota State Auditor Julie Blaha. So, Julie, can you give us maybe a couple examples of how some local governments used the money for their communities? Well, you know, I think one of my favorite examples, we had uh, uh, a a woman come and speak to us about her company. And if you're from central Minnesota, you might know uh, Options uh, Incorporated. It's a nonprofit that uh, offers services that develops life skills for people with developmental disabilities in uh, Sherburn and Wright counties. Now, they, they placed about 240 people into these jobs, and when COVID hit, uh, it really rattled their whole, uh, their whole uh, work sets, set up. So, what they, so as they tried to scramble to figure out, do we have to shut down entirely? They got calls from their county. They got calls from their township. They got calls from their city, all asking, how can we help? And because they had those connections and local government was focused on getting resources as concretely into the hands of people as possible, they were able to keep their, uh, their, their work afloat and keep a lot of people that really rely on that work um, at work, productive and connected during the during COVID. So so uh, so it was that those connections were really key, and we really hope that um, local governments take that to heart. You know, if there are any connections you wish you had, build them now, because you don't want to wait until you're in the middle of a crisis to make those connections. Kind of, it's the dig your well before you're thirsty concept. Places that had really built relationships over the last uh, decade uh, really needed them over the last two years. Are there some examples that that maybe surprised you in how people used local governments used the money from the federal government during the global crisis? Well, you know, it was really important that you don't surprise your auditor. <laughs> so for us, the goal is to not be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised at anything you're doing. And uh, what I think the, the the biggest change for us we saw is that a lot of local governments are used to um, spending money during crisis, natural disasters, for instance, floods, tornadoes. You know, we, we, we use local government in those cases a lot. But in a global crisis, you start to see no one entity can handle it alone. So you saw local governments in, uh, kind of engaging more non-governmental organizations, private organizations. So they weren't just spending the money, they were doing more to share the money. And that's the area of infrastructure that needs the most building. Uh, if we saw challenges during COVID, it was with how do you share money in a way that's very accountable and very organized? And so uh, we see a, a, an opportunity to build that up. And once, once local governments build that up even better, 
think the federal government should remember that they built that out. And when we have uh, a big economic crisis that involves a wide range of actors, it's really going to be good to use the infrastructure they've built. So that was my biggest surprise was not just the spending, but the sharing, how often they had to share money with other organizations. You've mentioned the federal government a few times. Are you sharing this information with them? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, one of the things we're doing is uh, make sure we're getting this uh, information out to our uh, Minnesota congressional delegation, our senators, our representatives, um, to tell them that, you know, the, the, the choice they made to move uh, funds more local in a more flexible, more uh, adequate time uh, and clarity way uh, really was effective, and they should keep that in mind going forward. The world, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. So you're an elected official. You, mm-hmm. I would say you maybe don't have the flashiest of elected <laughs> <laughs> positions. I know exactly what you're talking about there. But I'm also, also with local government, it's, you know, the way the world is now with lack of local media, we see that people don't know as much about what's going on locally. They probably know more about national politics right now. I'm wondering if you could talk to that, why it would be important for someone listening right now to kind of get involved on a local level. Oh, absolutely. And, and, I, and, and I would say how important local media is in getting out these messages. Our data doesn't do anything if it isn't in somebody's hands. So uh, local media has been vital through all of this. And, and I'll tell you, though, I think one of the biggest things we heard uh, at the end of every listening session, I asked, what do you wish more people knew about local government? And Every single time people said, I wish people realized how much we do and how much we need their involvement. Mm-hmm. And that, that uh, as people start to see that you're responding to even global issues in your town hall, in your city hall, at your county seat, that's a great place to be involved. It's not, it's not small work. It's big work that has a big impact. So, you know, especially if people are getting a little... Um, if you start to lose trust in the federal level or the state level, you see too much gridlock or whatever, you know, go local. Local doesn't have the luxury of an endless fight. They have to get things done or none of us get out of our driveway <laughs> in the winter. Uh, so, uh, so when you, you know, when you want to get something done that really affects people's lives, go local. It's going to be effective. Hmm. That is Minnesota State Auditor Julie Blaha. You can find more information on her office and a link to that State of the Main Street 2022 report at their website. It's osa.state.mn.us. Anything we missed? No, that was great. Other than, uh, again, thank you for caring about the numbers and thank you for digging in. All right. Thank Thank you, Julie. Bye-bye. That is Minnesota State Auditor uh, Julie Blaha, and we did just get a text from one of our listeners um, who sent us the order of operation. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, That we talked about with uh, Nerdle. So we're going to look into that. I think that's a little beyond what we can fathom at the moment, but we'll maybe see if we can do Nerdle. And what's the one with music? Hurdle. Hurdle. Okay. You're listening to the Thursday Morning Show on KAXE, KBXE.